We're back. This is Scott Fell, and we're with Small Enterprise, and we're with uh, Brad, Dr. Brad Shapiro. Hello, and- sir. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Good. Uh, we're going to go a little different tonight. We're going to talk some technology and marketing, but I think we're going to get into some more holistic type things and uh, listen to what Brad has to say about that. So, Brad, first, can you tell us a little bit about what your business? So, I'm a chiropractor, um, and I like to say I'm a very holistic chiropractor, which that's a very subjective thing to say because um, chiropractic is just holistic by nature, but... We do chiropractic adjustments, which, you know, chiropractic 101 is this whole idea of reconnecting the brain to the body by adjusting the joints in the spine. Um, so if you can imagine signals start at the brain, travel down the spine, come out of all those nerves, they go into every muscle, organ, gland, everything in the body. When the joints in your body are not moving properly, it changes the way those signals function and can cause all kinds of issues. So we see patients that you know, we've seen kids with seizures. We see low back pain, headaches. We see uh, patients with thyroid issues and digestive issues and really everything you can imagine short of uh, gunshot wounds. We obviously don't do major traumas <laughs> like uh, broken bones, you know, uh-huh. gunshot wounds. But we do all these things with chiropractic. We do a lot with functional medicine. So that's just nutrition, blood tests, those types of things. Do mental emotional techniques. Um, we do all kinds of therapies, but we really see a broad base of, of different types of patients and statistically 97, approximately 97% of all healthcare issues trace back to lifestyle. So we really try to implement what we'd call almost like a chiropractic lifestyle and then incorporate nutrition, lasers, all kinds of different things, just depending on what the patient needs. Uh, but that's the basic nature of our, of our business is we, it's healthcare from a holistic standpoint. And is are you unique in that, or is are most chiropractics going in that same direction? Um, last time I checked, less than 1% of chiropractors practice the way I do. Yeah. So I guess from that standpoint, it would definitely be unique. A lot of chiropractors just stick with like a specific chiropractic technique where I blend a lot of different techniques. A lot of chiropractors don't use a ton of nutrition um, or do blood tests or mental emotional techniques, so a very small percentage of chiropractors kind of hit things from all the different angles. Um, one of the basic things that I think about is we're trying beings. We're mind, body, and spirit. That's just the way we were made. And so you really have to be healthy in all three of those areas to be truly healthy. So right. we're going to work on the physical body. We're going to work on the mental, emotional aspect, uh, the spiritual stuff. It's not uncommon for us to pray with patients or uh, to just do anything along those lines we can to be supportive and help. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd say for the most part, we're, we're definitely unique compared to most chiropractic offices. And that's when you say you're praying with patients, this is a new offshoot that you've gotten into recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, uh, we do a prayer group every Friday. Um, and if you can imagine in our adjusting rooms, we've got whiteboards where patients can put their prayer requests. Um, you know, for me, I'm definitely a follower of Jesus Christ. And so everything kind of comes through that lens. Mm-hmm. Um but we, yeah, we'll pray for patients if they've got issues or sometimes, you know, I'll pray over patients in the adjusting rooms or, you know, this, when you get into all kinds of different spiritual aspects, there's impartations and there's things that happen when you lay hands on people. Yeah. So if I'm all juiced up and, and prayed up and um, I've really gone through my process of reading scripture and there's a, there's a point where I can feel almost like my spirit leaping, yeah. you know, and when I'm juiced up in that way. It really, uh, I've noticed that it really changes the atmosphere. I've noticed a big difference 
in the outcomes we're getting clinically since we start doing the prayer group in the clinic. Um, it's just it's going to change the frequency of everything and really allow for just a much different environment, a much more beneficial environment. Um, but yeah, the spiritual aspect of health, I think, is the most important. Um, the Bible would say, if you focus on the kingdom of heaven, everything else is added to you. Um, so that's really, that's where our focus is. But we've got plenty of patients that are not followers of yeah. Christ. I have zero desire to judge anybody or their beliefs. Um, but I also kind of know where I stand and, and what right. uh, what my convictions are. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a follower like you, but I believe in what prayer or whatever someone wants to call it. Yeah, um, I've had Ricky done to me, and it, she didn't even tell me what she was doing, but you could feel that energy. Yeah, and and so whatever you're going to call it, I do believe that uh, it works. Sure. Yeah. 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 So you've kind of gone into this, but how? So how did you get started into chiropractic and and choose here in Winchester? Um, you know, I got into chiropractic. I come from a family of a lot of executives. So I originally thought I would be interested in something business related. And, you know, I love business and I know we're going to probably talk about marketing at some point. And so I love that kind of stuff. Um, but as I kind of went through the whole process of deciding what I wanted to do, we've got a close family friend that's a chiropractor and he practices in a very holistic way, similar to uh, what I currently do. But when I met him and kind of learned more about what he was doing, I thought, man, I can incorporate health and fitness and be a business owner and combine all these things into one profession. Because kind of a side note, too, side note too, is I grew up um, playing real high level soccer. And yeah. so I was around fitness and my dad started me on supplements from the time I was five years old on. And so I would come downstairs as a kid and my protein shakes and my vitamins and everything were laid out and so health from that standpoint was always a, a big thing for me. And my first passion with uh, with healthcare was nutrition, just because I was raised in it. So again, I just thought, hey, I can combine all these things and be a chiropractor, be a business owner and, and help people. And I think unlike a lot of others, you also have a passion for business too. Yes. Yes. A lot of chiropractors, a lot of doctors in general do not have a, a passion for business. Um, you'll notice, and you know, you talk to certain people and they'll talk about, you know, a lot of times investors will target doctors cause they think they might have some money, but they yeah. don't have a much of a, a business sense. <laughs> so, yeah. um, they're going to be easier to, uh, I guess, manipulate in that regard. And there's exceptions to every rule. Um, but most medical doctors, most chiropractors were not taught a whole lot about business. And that's where a lot of people really struggle, especially in something like chiropractic, because it's with something like chiropractic, you have to do more than just hang a shingle outside your office yeah. um, if you want to be successful. And if you're not under, if you don't have a good understanding of business, marketing, those types of things, it's already going to be in an uphill battle, and it's really going to be difficult if you don't have that kind of background. What did it take to start the ball rolling for you to get to get a good group of patients that are continually coming back? Um, for me, when I was in chiropractic school. I, well, my, one of my biggest passions was I would just get around the best doctors I could. I didn't care if they were medical doctors, chiropractors, Chinese medicine, whatever. And so a lot of what I would do is I would basically say, Hey, if you'll teach me everything, then I'll help you market. And so I would go in there and help them grow their practices. And through that experience, I developed a lot more uh, confidence and, and comfort with the idea of building something that was already existing. So I liked the idea of purchasing an existing practice right. versus a um, 
uh, building something from scratch. I like what you said. You know, I, you hear a lot of people that are older in their field, mm. they're offering to help. Yes. And you can go to somebody and say, teach me what you know. I'll work for free. Give me a couple weeks or whatever it is. And that is probably the best type of schooling once you have your base on how to keep going forward. Yeah. I mean, I'll always be thankful for my, my core education. Um, but the mentorship and, you know, from a scriptural standpoint, you call it dis- discipleship, but just really having people that I could walk alongside of that really spent some time with me, showing me how to do certain things, how to apply different techniques, what to look for. That was just, that's been huge for me in my uh, growth as a clinician and, uh, and as a business kind owner. Of mentoring, I mean, right now, that's pretty much what you're doing is you're mentoring, whether it's on physical, spiritual. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what I do is is very similar to almost like a life coach. Um, it's not uncommon for me to take out a piece of paper and go through a patient's finances. And, you know, if they're not sure they can afford the things we do or afford to be healthy or afford to purchase the foods they need to at the grocery store, we can kind of show them what that looks like. Um, but a lot of it is mentorship. A yeah. lot of it is showing people, okay, this is how you can actually apply and and uh, implement the things that we're talking about in a way that works for your unique circumstances. Um, and uniqueness, that's kind of another thing that we really focus on. I'm just, I'm a big believer that nobody is, no two people are the same, same in terms yeah. of uh, metabolism and brain function and genetics and all those things. So you really have to customize everything in life, I think, for the individual. I think it's good that you break it apart as far as, Hey, this is what it's going to cost. You can spend more money on the good food because that's a hard leap to take. The cheap yeah. food is easy, but what does that do to you? Yes. It, it makes you big. <laughs> yes. And I found that out during COVID. I, I gained a lot of weight and I've been working hard the last nine months and, and I've lost a bunch of weight myself. And how much, have you, how much I, uh, weight have you lost? Uh, I went from almost 230 to I'm at just about... 180 something. Right oh now. man, yeah. you guys yeah. could see this guy. He looks like chisel chest. He's making good headway. Yeah. Well, I, the last time I went to the doctor, he said, you need to get to your uh, college weight, which is at the end, started off at 135 and ended up at 165. So I'll be happy if I could <laughs> <laughs> 165? get yeah. down to that. Yeah. So I, I'm going swimming three days a week and walking and going slow. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's uh. But I think it's good that you have to break it down. You mentally, it's just so easy, especially when things are tight for people. Mm-hmm. I could go to McDonald's for my dollar menu, right? And, yeah. And get those calories, which are not good for you versus I love to cook. Yeah. So, you know, I'll get some good meat and vegetables and, mm-hmm. and throw good soup together. And uh, to me, that's I actually almost enjoy cooking more than I enjoy eating. Oh, wow. And I, okay. So I Man, make, we'd be a match made yeah, in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a uh, buddy of mine just gave me some uh, short ribs, so uh, I'm going to make some poutine, and uh, we'll see how that will have to make oh, over. Man. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> hey, I love to eat. If it's yeah. not nailed down, I'm I'm interested. But I think that's part, you know, ha- getting in those healthy habits and showing, hey, you can pay, you know, it's like you can pay me now or you can pay me later, right? Yeah. That's... Yeah, those healthy habits, and I think really coming alongside of people. You know, you see so much in life that these things are just kind of sloughed off to programs. And you see that a lot, you know, in the church world, you know, the children's program Mm -hmm. or the food pantry or whatever. But that's not the same as really coming alongside of people and really helping them understand how to grow in these areas. So I think a lot of times, even in clinical settings, or it's it's like it gets sloughed off to programs or pamphlets and 
we really try to take the time in some way, shape, or form to come alongside of people and really help them implement those things. And so when you first came here and, and you were, were you doing what you would think of as more traditional chiropractic and now you've evolved or did you already, already have this vision of what you wanted to do? Uh, I think some of both. Um, I'm one of those people, I'm not a, a genius type person. I don't have a photographic memory, um, but I'm super, super, super ambitious. And so a lot of how I've grown clinically is just, I learned some things that really seem to help, but then I run into a situation where those things I've learned don't seem to work. And so I realize I need to learn something new to overcome that that challenge and that um, and to help that patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was already holistically minded you know, with my internships. And I, I did a lot of my interning in a multidisciplinary clinic, so both medical and chiropractic. And it was owned by a guy that was a chiropractor and a naturopath. Um, it's already had kind of that base before I bought, bought uh, an existing practice. Right. But then we've also kind of taken it to the next level. Um, and I definitely didn't, I couldn't see the the whole uh, spiritual side at that point. Um, you know, when I was in chiropractic school, I started a club called Conscious Chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And I was um, into everything you can imagine from a spiritual standpoint, um, kind of a seeker truth kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then I did a uh, two-week fast to find out who Jesus was and the right. rest is history. Um, so I didn't, I thought I was going to do more kind of like energy work. And, and I really think energy work is the wave of the future. Um, but it's just, it's it's not so much what's happening, it's who's doing it, at least in my opinion. Right. Um, so I want the I want the Holy Spirit within me to drive those things and to do those things. But outside of that, I've always been open to the wild and wacky world of the yeah. supernatural and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking with you, I mean, these things that you're doing now, you already had that base. You know, yeah. you had your, uh, you know, when I was doing a lot of yoga, they call it your sutra. You know, yeah. you the string of from there to now where you had the nutrition, you had the business acumen, and, mm-hmm. uh, and this is all the things you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I did. You know, I think I had a strong base and a strong aptitude, but going to the point of, of really wanting to operate in excellence, um, you know, I just a lot. One of the my buzzwords is mentors. I've just had really, really good mentors. Um, I've got a business consultant right now. His name's Dean. Awesome, awesome, awesome mm-hmm. guy. Um, his background, his his mentor, the guy that he followed around for 20 years was the right-hand man to the Mars Candy Bars family. And I think we've talked about this before. So Dean just comes from really good pedigree from a business standpoint. There's nothing that I'm going to like dream up that he's going to think is too crazy because he's, you know, he's looked at billions of dollars and just these real high amounts of, you know, vision and resources and economics. And so I like having a guy like Dean that can help me navigate these things, but also do it with excellence. Right. You know, we do reviews with, with our, um, you know, the people that work for us and, you know, before I, unless something crazy happens before I let go of somebody, I'm doing like three hours of those really painful conversations right. yeah. that nobody wants to do, including myself. But a Dean helps me really understand the importance of you just got, you got to do things properly. You got to do it the right way. Yeah. And then that way, if you do have to part ways or something doesn't work out, it's very uh, crystal clear to everybody, even if they don't like it, kind of why we got to that point. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was in the corporate world for for about 10 years and yeah. there's always a consultant would come by and then next thing you know, we're taking some test. Yeah. Yeah. And it puts you in one of the quadrants and yeah. some colors and 
some of it was pretty, you know, on, but they would say, oh, maybe you're in the wrong position for what you're doing. And yeah. And I just always just had, this is the direction I'm going. I yeah. don't care what your thing says. <laughs> no, and I think but, there's some value to that. You know, it's a lot of Dean's perspective is he was fed up with a lot of that corporate stuff. Yeah. So he keeps it very, very simple. Um, it's effective, but very simple. You know, Dean's the guy that will show up in shorts and a t-shirt with his little backpack and very unassuming and. Um, I feel like he's helped me kind of dig through a lot of the fat of that stuff. Cause I agree. A lot of those things are incredibly inefficient yeah. and I, I think you're not very worthwhile. And it's the same thing in the world of healthcare. I mean, so many of the things that are used really don't produce great results. It's amazing. The number of things that are used on a regular basis that only work like 15% of the time yeah. where the stuff that we use, we really try to be conscious of, you know, what's really being produced with this type of laser? What's really being produced with this type of chiropractic technique? And I can honestly say that we can help 90 plus percent of our patients, almost regardless of what they come in with, assuming that um, uh, assuming that it's not a, a major trauma, like a gunshot wound or right. a broken bone again. But a lot of it's because we've taken the time to sift through the fat and really think about what's actually producing results versus trying to um, put on a good appearance. So you and you've been using Dean as your business consultant, and how long have you uh, started working with Dean? So I've had Dean for I guess it's about four years at mm-hmm. this point, um, and I was I mean I was well on my way you know before Dean, but also had a lot of things that just really needed to be cleaned up. Um, but and Dean just really taught me just so many mechanics. Um, you know, one of my goals is to be a servant leader mm-hmm. um, and kind of grow, continue to grow in that area and. And Dean really understands what that posture looks like, that you've got to offer strong leadership, be the guy to make the final call, but from a posture of really serving people, including the people that work for you. And what made you decide that you needed to go with a business consultant? Were you doing? Were you working with someone else before, or were you just going on your own? Um, I was going on my own. I had met with several like practice ma- <clears throat> management groups, yeah. um, and... One of the restrictions that, and I don't mean this to offend anybody, but, you know, chiropractors and and medical doctors and just doctors in general, in in Brad Shapiro's humble opinion, that whole world, if you, if, if top level business, just business excellence on a scale from one to 10 is a 10, the guys in the world of healthcare, um, at least on the doctor level, um, and even, even in the world of big, you know, big pharma and some of those things, I think if you really look at it in terms of the guys that are really efficient and effective and doing it the right way and doing it with integrity, it's just, it's such a small percentage. Um, And so these practice management groups in the world of chiropractic or whatever else, I didn't really feel like I could get what I needed in terms of vision, in terms of integrity, um, in terms of just seeing outside the box of just chiropractic. Um, You know, they weren't uh, just even, you know, the podcast like we're doing Right. right now. I wanted somebody that was just no holds barred, you know, could see just big picture vision and help walk me through that process. And so, you know, Dean just came in as a patient. I kind of learned more about his background. I pitched it to him. He wasn't so sure at first. Um, And we went out to dinner. And again, that's just the power of prayer. I'm going to, anything I do, I'm going to pray about, especially with something like that. Because the only way that's going to be effective is if I really expose everything, my finances and everything. So I want to be sure but Dean and I and um, a lady that's almost like a spiritual mama to me, mm-hmm. um, she's very prophetic. I did jail ministry with her for three years. 
I've heard things come out of this lady's mouth that just there's no way she could have known from a prophetic standpoint. Um, But the three of us got together and uh, we actually prayed at dinner and that offered a lot of confirmation that, okay, Dean is who the the Lord wants you to have. Um, And that's just, you know, do I look at numbers? Yes. Do I analyze, you know, data and scorecards and all those things? Absolutely. Um, But for me, first and foremost is prayer. So I weighed all these things. I analyzed. I want somebody with big vision, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it was that meeting at dinner when we prayed, when I just, that's when I knew. Right. And what are some of the first things that you did differently after working with them? Um, so we uh, we really audited the clinic, which that's, you know, a, a scary term. And people feel like they're going to be put under the, the um, firing squad. But <clears throat> there was just a lot of things that were just, um, really weren't working, you know, started to look at our expenses. Um, I started to get, um, get all the information that he asked for into his hands. So financial statements mm-hmm. and, um, looking at different roles and, um, you know, assessing, you know, what's the role of this person, what's the role of that person and just going through the whole process of really just kind of auditing the clinic initially. Um, and then once we, it took a year or two to create a real strong foundation, and then now we're currently at a place where the foundation's pretty solid. I've got a good sense of what's coming in, what's going out, what's working for us, the vision, the right team that we need. Um, and so now we're postured to really go for it. Uh, but we were doing well before Dean, but Dean just, you know, I bet we operate more efficiently than, you know, we're like one in a thousand small yeah. businesses in terms of how just cleaned up and, and tight we run. But there's also plenty of room for employees to feel like they've got, you know, space to to talk about their hopes and dreams and their frustrations and their concerns and really take the time to listen to those things. Um, but yeah, it's the, the initial goal was just to kind of clean up everything and fine tune everything uh, with finances, with business systems. Um, I brought in somebody else too that used to manage a large chiropractic uh, clinic. I think they would see like you know, something like six or 700 patients a week, you know, just one or two doctors, which that's not my style. That's real high volume under those circumstances. I wouldn't be able to spend enough time with patients to feel good about it for me personally. But, and she, and this, this lady agreed, but she also had learned a lot being in that environment in terms of patient flow and just how well we were managing patients and what we needed to fix. And um, so that was a part of it too. Dean kind of headed up everything. And then we had, all these people that fulfill different tasks to kind of clean up things. And then you've been able to be work more efficiently. And, and so you don't have to work quite as hard to yes. keep at the same level. Well, I think I'm still working pretty yeah. hard, yeah. but just I'm able to focus on other things. Um, I'm still at that place in my career where I've got tons of energy, you know, yeah. thank God. Um, and I'm raring to, to go and to, uh, you know, really grow things and, and help more people. And, you know, and that's the heartbeat too. That was another reason why, I feel like we pick Dean as I always call it the heartbeat, um, but I don't want to ever lose the heartbeat. Uh, if, if it just turns into numbers and finances and getting people in and out, then, then we'll lose the heartbeat of just right. service and helping people. Uh, but that was another component too, and, kind of going back to the Dean thing. And it's easy to lose sight or get too f- hyper-focused on one thing and then it loses out on the rest. Yes, it is. You know, you have to... You know, you have to um, account for all those things. The, the, you know, I love that stool analogy where you've got the business, business management um, uh, 
leg on the chair and the marketing leg and just you got to make sure all those different legs are, are accounted for. Oh, yeah. um, but a lot of it's building the right team. Dean really helped me build the right team, too. Um, you know, we have a, a great team and Melissa, Debbie and I and um, really growing and um, and doing those things. But it uh, a lot of it was building that right team so we could focus on those different areas because I can't focus on everything. I'm like a Mexican jumping <laughs> bean. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> you know, that's good that a lot of people have a hard time with that and yeah. even letting go right yes and all right you're good at this and so you do this and you do that and yeah one person's got to be the vision but still take on a lot of the responsibility yeah yeah and it's um and again we dean calls them scorecards so we have these scorecards that just give us the data of the whole clinic month by month and i found it's a lot easier to let go when i feel like i've got a strong sense of what's happening and you also it gives you a strong sense that if if things do start to derail, mm-hmm. you're going to catch it sooner rather than later. Um, but it's also I'm not a mar- I'm not a micromanager, so I think people feel like they've got tons of freedom right. to to kind of do their own thing. But yet we've got good solid systems in place to really know what's going on. I mean, it's I'm sure you know with your background, most small business owners don't even really know what's going on in their business, no. and it and it creates anxiety. <laughs> They're laying awake at night, kind of wondering what's going to happen or wondering if they're on the right trail. And uh, just to have these scorecards, at least for me, where I feel like I've got a really good sense of what's going on with my business. Right. Gives me more peace, gives me the ability to, to, you know, give people more rope and uh, all kinds of stuff. You've got to go back and analyze, you know, I, when, well, what I did at the newspapers, I started a database marketing division. And what I did was I took your data mm. and merged it with all the, consumer data we have and i put it on maps and analyze it by profit and i i know i had this one client he was a furniture store he was so sure of his business that this area over here is no good well i put it on a map and colored it you know red's hot blue's not kind of thing and said look over there you have less customers but they're super high profit the ones you're saying are your best customers are only buying discounts yes and i got that because he gave me his database really didn't understand what he was giving me but his costs were yeah you know were in there and so analyzing you know is is very important you can't just go by a seat of your pants yes what are so what is on the scorecard that you're keeping track of so scorecard has um, you know number of new patients. It has number of Zeronas. It has number of you know chiropractic visits. It's got all my. There's one for like data of the clinic, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the second scorecard is more uh, financial based. Um, but just based on those two things, you can kind of see what's going on. Um, if something doesn't seem right, we can also you know go into greater detail. But they're just real quick snapshots. Mm-hmm. That give me enough to to know if I need to explore something sooner or, or more in depth, mm-hmm. um, but also to have enough peace and, and uh, comfort of just knowing that um, you know I've got a pretty good accurate idea of what's going on. Um, but one's financial, and then one's <clears throat> more just like basic numbers, you know, nutrition sales and right. stuff like that. And we've kind of these scorecards are living documents, so I, just about every year we've tweaked them pretty significantly, just based on what we found was important and what wasn't. Uh, but they, and they flush out those areas where, man, we've got really a lot of potential to grow in this area or right. man. Um, I don't know about this. We've got too many um, eggs in the, in the basket, so to speak, you know, so it just, it really allows you to make those decisions. Um, 
because that's another thing too, is a lot of small businesses and even large companies will put too many eggs in one basket. Yeah. And if it goes south, they're really in a bad situation. Right. Um, I was talking to a guy at a conference and I can't remember the name of the company, but he was a real top level executive for the second biggest potato company in the in the nation. And they sold to like Walmart and McDonald's and all these things. And he was saying the owner, every year Walmart approaches them because they want them to sell more potatoes to more of their distribution centers. And every year he takes a close look. In the last couple of years, it's been, we will only do three of your distribution centers mm-hmm. for Walmart. And if you don't, if you're not seasoned, you're thinking, well, shoot, if Walmart's offering you more business, why not take them up on it? But he knows that if Walmart controls too much of their business, they could really be in a, in a bad right. situation if Walmart wants to leverage them. Right. Um, so there's things like that that you can see with these scorecards are, you know, what happens if, if X, Y, and Z disappears? Am I still going to be okay? Cause it's not just me. It's, making sure I can take care of patients. It's making sure I can take care of my family. Right. It's making sure the um, the employees can continue to have a salary or a, an hourly wage. Um, but I just, I don't know. I mean, ignorance is bliss. And a lot of these things I did not know. But now that I know, I just, I cannot imagine operating without a good level of, of data to know what's going on. Yeah. How would you, is this something, what you do with your scorecard, something that you could, give to somebody else that's in a different field and say, here, if you kind of follow this procedure um, or is, is what you're doing so specific to your business? I think it's, I think it's so specific. And I am, um, you know, again, it goes back to Dean and mm-hmm. just having that kind of relationship. Um, because with, with what I mentioned before with those practice management groups, right. they're very system based and this is what you do. And this is exactly how you do a new patient visit. Right. And this is just very McDonald, um, where I want um, a lot of room for creativity. Um, I like to operate more in the Wild West, yeah. but without um, taking the chance of flying off the rails and, and doing anything stupid. You know, I find with people that are in those in vert- specific verticals, that's all their mindset is in. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times somebody will, like I work with home builders, mm-hmm. and they... Well, hey, if you this guy is working, you know, with home builders, so he must be good, right? And yes. And they keep going to the same person, but you got to have, you got to be open that there's more out there. Just because this person might be doing good in a lot of little different areas mm-hmm. doesn't make that person, you know, any better or worse because this person's in a vertical. But the problem with the vertical is you're myopic, right? You're just yeah. tunnel vision just yes. on this one thing. Yeah. Now I think it makes sense. Um, you know, a lot of people miss out on a lot of opportunities in business because they can't think creatively or they think too creatively and it's just chaos. It's just <laughs> one of the things that I I talk a lot about when we do uh, staff meetings is I call them tools of empowerment, yeah. um, which are basically just fundamental success principles. But the first one on the list is balance. You know, I, I want to have balance between structure and creativity you know, from a, a biblical standpoint, you know, one scripture talks about if you want to build a tower, you need to weigh the cost and, and make sure you can account for everything it's going to take. Mm-hmm. But it also talks about stepping out on faith, you know, so what, which is it? Right. And, and I, I really believe it's a balance between those two. Um, I, you know, the Lord gave me a brain for a reason. Mm-hmm. I want to use it. I want to, you know, know what's going on. Right. Um, but I also want some room for creativity and the ability to go for it. And, um, 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to marry these, these numbers with prayer and what I feel like the, the Holy Spirit wants me to do. And, but there's just, there's a balance with these factors. Can we talk a little bit about marketing? I know right now you're really into doing the podcast and marketing that. What other yeah. things are you doing outside of podcasts? Um, so, you know, most of our, and I don't really know this would be marketing, but I mean, most of our business is, um, is word of mouth. Right. Um, I also do a lot of radio. I've just started a radio show with a WCDT here um, in, uh, you know, locally in Winchester. And then, of course, I've done a radio station on Mondays, just Mondays, um, with WZYX. So WZYX is just Mondays. WCDT is five mm-hmm. days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, and both have really been beneficial. They really have. Um, both the the hosts do a great job of asking me, you know, thought-provoking questions and um, a lot of times I'll do a quick powwow with my wife before I do a show because <laughs> she has 10 years of TV experience. Right. And Melissa has really, really, really good instincts of just, well, hey, this is big in the news or this is maybe a big thing to talk about. Um, but that I think the mar- from a marketing standpoint, we generate a lot of business from the radio shows. Right. So um, what I'm hearing is you're just put it, putting yourself out there. I mean, yes. being on the radio, doing podcasts, yes. you're getting yourself out there. Yeah. And you just have fun with it. You and know. I think too many people, you know, like you mentioned, well, word of mouth that you can't forget about your base. Yes, 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 you can't. And that's, um, you know, that's another thing for marketing is we, you know, we put flyer like nice looking posters up um, at the clinic talking about our podcast. Uh, we just are bringing on a, a Christian counselor. So we're going to promote her. We're going to market her, you know, within the um, within the clinic. But yeah, I mean, your most captive audience is the people that are already coming to your business. So that's an area where we really focus. We want to make sure that we continue to take great care of them, number one. Um, and also, if we're doing something new or different, who's going to be more interested than the people that already do business right. with us? And people forget to go after your current clients. Yes. Now, on your scorecard stuff, you're yeah, doing, yeah. are you doing anything to track like a, some type of, I don't know, I say net promoter score because I'm on the web world. Yeah. But to track hey, these people here, they're, they're, a, they feel we're a 10, but these people over here, they're not so happy with us right now. What do we do wrong? Um, we really don't. We've talked about, um, doing a suggestion box and some of those things. Um, but we don't, we don't get a lot of negative feedback regardless. Um, you know, I, we've really been fortunate. I think we've got a great reputation. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people out there that uh, don't like what we do. I mean, that's just nobody bats a thousand, as my dad right. used to say. So I'm sure we're not batting a thousand in terms of everybody being, you know, thinking we're a 10. But no, I haven't spent a lot of time with that. But I think that's a great insight. And that would be you know something probably worth doing. I think the most dangerous clients are the ones that don't say anything yeah and, yeah and most people don't you know they ha- either have a great experience yeah and they don't say anything and then you have the ones that they've never been to you before and for whatever reason didn't but they then they don't say something or then yeah. they, then they do yeah yeah but you can look at your your score like on google's a real good and yeah i think you know when you can have that you're always like you said you're not ever going to be the five stars you'll have Four yeah. point something, and if you have uh, good responses to some of those things, I think that really helps. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I guess to, as a countermeasure, you know, with what you're talking about, I mean, one of the things I'll talk to Melissa and, and uh, Debbie a lot about is, you know, how do the patients seem? Are there mm-hmm. any 
Um, are there any issues that we need to handle? Um, one of the postures that you know our, our late pastor taught me was just loving confrontation. So if, if there are any problems, I'll be the first guy to head it off, you know, at the pass and mm-hmm. reach out to the patient or the person, you know, can we sit down and talk? Um, but I've got those kind of measures in place where I'm constantly, you know, putting feelers out. Does everything seem okay? And and one of the big factors with something like chiropractic is prevention. Mm-hmm. And I feel like prevention is just such a strong way to approach just about anything. So yeah. if I sense that things are going south, with a with a person, I'm going to um, you know do everything I can to to resolve it in a healthy way, but I also know that I'm not going to bat a thousand, right. um, and I um, I just have a lot of confidence that if I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, He's going to take care of me, including uh, protecting me. Yeah, and so. I think you know any small business that's one of our advantages. Yeah, is we have a good pulse on who people are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's. I think that's great. You know, if you're a Nike, it's a totally different, totally different ball yeah. game. And um, sometimes, you know, you talk about these consultants. They want to put how I work with Nike to how I work with small business. I think that's yeah. even more dangerous than being the vertical. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Dean is a very unique mm-hmm. individual. You know, it's if this was poker, I'm more concerned about playing the man than I am the cards. Yeah. Um, and Dean just really understands how to to make that shift of. How you operate at it, you know, let's not pretend we're Chrysler because we're not, but also um, how could we get to that point and how can we do it the right way? And one of the things that Susan Binkley with Blue Monarch, that's a mm-hmm. recovery place for like women and children. Mm-hmm. One thing she likes to say that I think is great is um, growing responsibly. So we really try to think about that, too, because, again, if we grow in a way that we lose the heartbeat, that we're no longer who we say we are that we're no longer operating with integrity, it's just not going to be worth right. it. Um, so Dean really has a, a good sense of what that looks like. And, um, you know, and, and I, I've got to make the final decision, but just he's great at offering his honest input. And then once he's let me had it, have it, then I'd make my own decision right. and he supports it regardless. That's another posture that I think is incredibly rare. You know, can you offer your opposing views and your opposing perspectives, but at the end of the day, support the 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 person in charge and the leadership and support it as if you, it was your own idea. A lot of people can't do that, I think, especially in today's culture. Um, and to get a little more technical. Yeah, yeah. Are you, do you watch like your, some of your Google uh, uh, business, my business and Google Analytics? Uh, I don't know. Does does Dean do that for you, or are you just is that something you're not working on? Um, that's not. I mean, we've got a bunch of Google reviews and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but no, I don't keep track with my Google Analytics. Um, that that's something that would be great but to implement. Google my business. Do you feel that's important? What I don't even know a whole lot about <laughs> that. Is as crazy that's, as that sounds. Yeah, that's what manages your business information on on uh, on Google and where you can respond to your reviews. You're making sure the information is correct because what happens is, you know, there's only so many, well, there's a lot of companies out there, right? Yeah. That, that gather data, but there's really a few major ones and they all feed off each other. So okay. what I'm getting at is I think Google bit my business is very important to make sure it's all up to date and, you know, you can post on that and that's, um, I'm sure Dean will help you with that, <laughs> but it'd be something to look at if he's. Uh, I've got a social not. media guy that's looked into that okay. before, just making sure everything was accurate. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say we 
monitor it. Okay. On a on a very close basis. Um, it's a hard. But, it's not easy to monitor. Well, yeah. It's easy to monitor to get feedback. Anything on the web, right? Because people click on things and that means something. But yeah. The disconnect is unless you're selling something online. How did you know? Did that did that person come in and and pay me some money? Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it sounds like something I need to get more up to speed on. Um, I'm just, I'm the delegation king yeah. for sure. Um, so you've got Dean that you bounce things off of. And now you've, you've got a social media person that is this person doing like posting on Facebook and Instagram and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, managing the website, um, all those types of things. And I've had him, I guess, verify all our Google stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a while. It's not something we monitor closely it, i think he took a deep dive one time yeah and, um really hadn't Maybe revisited it since. i need a checkup <laughs> i know exactly we might need to i might have to get you to help me yeah. with that oh uh, so, i can certainly help yeah um trying to think is there anything else that we've missed in what you're doing you've got podcast your podcast and the radio yeah anything else that you've uh, I mean, I've tried things like billboards before and newspaper ads and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I think the billboard was a was a good move yeah. for sure. Um, I used to do a lot of like dinner talks and, and those types of things. I just don't have time to do yeah. that stuff like I used to. Um, I used to be in the financial world and we did the dinner talks. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're selling something that's really big yeah. and you have 30 people in a room you got to sell one. It makes sense, but I would yeah. imagine if you're when you're starting off, maybe. But at some point, you need more volume than that could. Yeah, um, I need more volume, and, and one of my you know challenges right now in business is hiring. You know, yeah. especially another chiropractor. I've got more opportunities than I do chiropractors to uh, fulfill it. I think um, that's a problem a lot of people in town are having right mm-hmm. now is hiring people. Hiring yeah, people. I mean. Yeah, hiring is just, it's across the board. I think big companies, small companies, um, you know, going back to Dean, two of his daughters are in HR up north. And I mean, I think it's just everywhere they're having hiring challenges. Is there, Um, for somebody that maybe has some college or has graduated, is there something that you could offer some kind of mentorship program that can step them up and say, hey, I stick with me for 10 years and I can make you big? Because I think people are looking for jobs, but not sure what to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I would have the time to yeah. do that now. Um, but I, you know, helping people grow is a big part of what I try to focus on when they come work for us. Um, so I feel confident saying, you know, the people that have worked for us have, have grown significantly right. um, just by being around us. And, and a lot of, you know, going back to the patients, a lot of what we do is especially our wellness patients that come in on a regular basis, we're really helping them grow in mind, body, and spirit. Um, But in terms of, uh, you know, a a specific, like, uh, you know, conference or something like that, um, I'm just not positioned. Being Attracting people here to a beautiful Winchester. Yes. Work with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I need to, like I said, I need to give that more thought. I mean, one one things we're looking at is, you know, like ancillary things that we can offer at the mm-hmm. clinic. Um, we're really, we're, we're doing another audit within the clinic right yeah. now. Um, so Dean's, you know, asking for all kinds of information from Debbie and, um, but we're really, 
I think with what we discover, we're not sure what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do a thorough analysis. And I think it's really going to change the makeup of Ultimate Health pretty significantly in terms of what it looks like, how we utilize our space, what our goals are in terms of expansion. Um, Because I'm I'm very ambitious. I mean, I would love to create something that's almost like a global organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the podcast, too, in terms of mentorship. Um, you know, I, I really feel like a lot of the things we cover are gonna gonna help people grow that they can listen to through a podcast. So I don't have to physically be there. That's actually one of the major motivations behind the podcast. And so, w- with this, where do you see Ultimate Health in ten years? What's I, that going to look like? It's really progressing into like non traditional evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. Uh, you know, it's it, from my perspective, ultimate health doesn't belong to Brad Shapiro. It belongs to the Lord. Right. Um, and so I think we're going to have all kinds of different providers. And that's part of what we're looking at with ancillary things, you know, cryo chambers and a, uh, a cryo chamber, which okay. is one of those yeah, chambers yeah. that you get in and you freeze to death. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, hyperbaric chamber, or just, you know, these different things. Um but I think it's going to amount to a lot of people that are trained to different things. Um, but it becomes this non-traditional form of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that you have to understand is, you know, like the Apostle Paul, he would talk about a lot of the deep theologians have discovered that there's a really good chance that he had kind of a secular job outside of, you know, just, you know, the, the missionary work and some of those things. And so just if you can imagine the just the all the impartations that just came out of, you know, him being who he was and growing and all those things. And I really think that that ultimate health is just going to become something that, again, is non-traditional evangelism that really impacts people, even though they're coming in to to get adjusted or get some nutrition. Right. And so and that's where a lot of growth is going to occur, you see? I do. Yeah, I think it's going to grow as we grow people and um, I think it's going to be easier to to put the right people in these ancillary services than it is trying to find uh, somebody with a doctorate that's a chiropractor that shares the same values. It's just I, I'm very open to that. I would yeah. love to bring on another chiropractor or two or ten, um, but the what the direction we're going to go in, it's still going to really help a lot of people, and it's really going to open up our ability to bring in the right people to kind of serve this mission. Yeah. You know, from talking to you even before this, because we've known we, we know each other. Yeah, yeah. You've got you know great business sense and marketing, and and of course in chiropractic. Yeah. Um, what would you offer somebody outside of chiropractic, outside of Ultimate Health, a, few, I, a point that would help them in their business? Um, you know, I I think uh, I would encourage anybody to get really get solid with fundamental success principles. Um. You know, again, we talk about balance. We talk about persistence. Um, one of the ones that, you know, I talk a lot about is expecting the unexpected. You know, in today's environment, you really got to get used to that. Um, we just had um, uh, somebody transition, you know, out of the clinic. And it was just, you know, to to manage that and to, to work around that, you just have to kind of get used to expecting the unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, I think most people think that um, in today's world, it's just, if things were moving at 10 miles an hour uh, 50 years ago, they're moving at like a thousand miles an hour today. Um, but I would encourage people to really get solid on fundamental wisdoms because wisdom is as true today as it is a, a you know a thousand years ago. It'll be true a thousand years from now. 
Um, but I, I think that's really the stuff that's going to make them more solid than even necessarily business mechanics. That's just Brad Shapiro's yeah. opinion. Um, I would, um, I would, you know, really get get uh, grounded in ideas like teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've really yeah. got to get good at understanding what you're good at, but also what you're not good at. Yeah. Um, and I've got a lot of strengths, but I've got some things like technology and in my Google yeah. that I know as much as you know about flying the next U.S. space shuttle. You know, <laughs> you so, know. Do you, now, do you talk to Andy about teamwork is dream work because his little boy <laughs> says that all? Then it's so cute. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. No, I haven't, but uh, I can see little Aston yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, those things are huge. I think um, I think mentorship. You know, really getting grounded and, and having the right mentors. Um, one of the things my dad pounded into my head that's really served me is, is recognizing authorities on the subject. You know, if you want to learn about chiropractic, talk to a chiropractor. If you want to learn about money, talk to a good banker. If you want to learn about the law, talk to Andy, a good yeah. attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that has been one of the things, gosh, if I could give you just one thing in the moment, is get good at, at recognizing authorities on the subject. Right. A lot of people are not good at that. And because I was raised that way, it's almost like I have a sixth sense of who really knows what they're talking about right. in various areas and who doesn't. And the amount of time that that saved me um, has been tremendous. You know, we, a lot of our culture today is really into the do-it-yourself. Yeah. And, and I think that is, is potentially a huge mistake to, yeah. to adopt that mindset. Um, it goes back to what we talked earlier, letting go. Sometimes you have yeah. to, and that's real hard to do for people, especially entrepreneurs who want to yeah. hold on to everything, hold on to the dream, and only I can do this. Yeah. But you've got to let go and, and hire a dean, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you got to, there's no way that we're going to fulfill what we want to fulfill at Ultimate Health without the right team. There's yeah. just no way. So that whole teamwork thing, I think is huge. And and like I said, it's a little bit difficult for me to answer where we're going to go because we're kind of right in the thick of analyzing everything and deciding what new directions we want to go in. And I want to get everybody's feedback. I want to get Dean's and Debbie's and yeah. Melissa's and, and various people, their feedback. You know, I want to hear their concerns. I want to hear their ideas, their frustrations, all those things. And then, you know, ultimately just make the final decision. So. All right. Yeah. Well, Dr. Brad Shapiro, I appreciate your time here. You've taken us through from the start, the beginning, and the middle and, uh, we've learned a lot, and I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Oh, man, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right. We'll so. talk soon. All right. Sounds good. All Thanks. Right.